This episode is brought to you by DRJ Academy. Here at DRJ Academy, we're able to take an entry-level person with no experience in business continuity and get you through that difficult first year on the job. DRJ Academy is powered by Disaster Recovery Journal and Lambert Learning Institute. Visit www.drj.com academy and get started today. Welcome to Business Resilience Decoded. I am your host, Vanessa Matthews, the Founder and Chief Resilience Officer of Esfalis Advisors. Today I'm excited because we have a friend, a mentor of mine, and he's also on the Editorial Advisory Board for the Disaster Recovery Journal. Uh, we have Matt Ziska. He's the Director of Environmental Health and Safety with Charlotte's Web. Hi, Matt. Hey, Vanessa. Uh, it's, it's great to, to be here with you today. And uh, you know, uh, joining you for this discussion. So uh, very excited about it. Well, thank you. We are excited to have you here. And our podcast title is 2020 Impacts to the Hemp Industry. Uh, Matt, can you tell our listeners, for those who don't know you, um, a little bit more about yourself and specifically how you got into this industry? Yeah. Um, so I've been in uh, environmental health, safety, continuity, and emergency management for about 23 years. And so I, I came up through uh, public health and, and then landed in utility and then made my move into the CBD world. But way back when I was working on a master's degree of, of business administration, um, I got interested in, in hemp. And uh, specifically, I performed a capstone project looking at uh, Chrysler's use of hemp in uh, automobiles, uh, specifically dashboards, panels, and things like that, and wanted to explore that market. And learning, of course, you go back to when I was 23, that's some time ago, that was a whole different landscape than we are today. So that's a little over 20 years ago. And that market was very tough because with the rules and regulations in place at the time, you literally had to have an inspector on site uh, 24 hours a day in your operation. So that really limited the agriculture here in the US. It was really kind of open, but tight restrictions in Canada and of course overseas. So um, Chrysler really had to be smart and aware about how they were growing their product and then transporting it and using it in their dashboarding systems. So when I concluded that it was still very taboo and, and then we kind of had this pause and I went on my own kind of direction and kind of left hemp behind. And then you speed up uh, 23 years, just about 20 years. And lo and behold, we have the start of the marijuana industry, the medical marijuana industry. And then that changed in 2014 with the first signing of the farm bill that separated hemp from marijuana. And that was a big milestone because it, it gave opportunities to more entrepreneurs to create companies around the hemp market and specifically looking at ways to use the plant and its properties to help people with varying degrees of ailments and in daily life. And so then we speed up to 2018 and I was looking to make a jump out of uh, the utility industry and found Charlotte's Web. And doing my research with Charlotte's Web and the founders, these are the Stanley brothers 
that pioneered the entire market. They're responsible for opening it up in the US. And the, how they got to that point was about a little girl helping a little girl named Charlotte Feige, uh, who had uh, Travers disease, which is a very severe form of epilepsy. They were able to, to help her out. And to give you kind of that base of severity, this little girl was having up to 300 seizures a day. And just by taking one dose of the extract that the Stanleys had used and produced out of the hemp plant, um, it went from 300 to one. Very dramatic results. And so that opened up in Colorado, kind of word of mouth that this little girl and their family that were really kind of exhausting the medical market and, and turned to the Stanleys in an alternative uh, method of, of help. And it just opened up and you saw the the influx of families moving to Colorado to get this product. And that really, you know, got the the Figgies involved with the Stanleys and saying, hey, we need a sustainable business model to provide this this great product from from the hemp plant itself. And so they did that and they created this company and named it uh, for Charlotte. Beautiful story. I think as a entrepreneur myself, um, the story matters. Um, and I had no idea <laughs> that it was tied to a little girl by the name of Charlotte. So that's amazing. So subscribers, this is our first time really talking about the hemp industry on our podcast. And I have more questions than Matt has time for today. So we won't get to everything, but we're going to try to get to most of it. One thing I want I would love for you to help us clear up is what is the difference between hemp, CBD, and marijuana? Because <laughs> oh, in my mama's eyes, she thinks that they're all the same. <laughs> well, that's a good question. But noticeably, um, it's the difference in, in the plant. So both plants, it's cannabis, is the kind of the overall characterization. And it's the stavia L plant that is is really the primary plant. There's different varieties and different things you, you can kind of breed into them and out of them. And I mean, the plant itself has a, a bunch of different sequences within itself. So you can get variety after variety and different varieties of it. It's, it's pretty incredible. Uh, legally, what, what gives it its characteristic to really separate the two is the percent of the phytocannabinoid called THC. And THC is the, of course, we all know that it's responsible for the, the psychoactive effect if you ingest it or smoke it or you're in some way uh, take it into your system. Well, that legal level is 0.3% or less. You, you can't have more than 0.3% or 3,000 parts per million of THC in your product, your plant of the dry material or it changes into marijuana. So there's the legal line there. We're trying to figure out now in that legal structure, you know, what about our extracts? What about, you know, some of the things that we're pulling out of the plant itself? And, and that's where some, some interesting uh, notes are happening legally within the FDA, uh, the USDA, and trying to land on regulation. The base regulation was passed for this next round was 2018 on December 20th. And when that opened, it, it opened it up for hemp to be legal uh, throughout the United States. Going into 2019, uh, we were looking great. And then 2020 hit 
and it's been it's been an interesting ride for so many different reasons. So you bring us right into our next question, and I know you and I have had some offline conversations, but 2020 has been a year. You know, in, in some in some cases, it's been great. In some cases, I feel like I'm in a boxing ring getting punched with some gloves, right? So from your perspective, what is the state of the hemp industry? And specifically from a 2020 perspective, like what are some of the things that 2020 has done to the hemp industry? Of course, we all know what, what occurred. We have the global pandemic occurring at the beginning of the year. It really hit us hard. And it, as it did with all industries and markets, because of the pandemic, the public health restrictions, uh, people losing their jobs and their sources of income, um, that has a direct impact to all consumers. And that has really uh, translated into troubles for not just the hemp industry, but all industries in making a revenue or a stable revenue. So when you're looking at that, you're, you're looking at your market, you're looking at your consumers and you're saying, when is the relief coming? When can we get through this pandemic event? And we've been in a response, in an emergency response since March. Um, now we're landing on vaccines. So hopefully we hit this peak of stability soon and we can start the recovery phase and start to open up uh, the markets again with people getting jobs and wanting to spend their income. So if you think about the potential legalization of marijuana, what do you think that will do to hemp? Is it positive? Is it negative? Or is it just, eh? <laughs> well, that, that's a great question because naturally you would think, oh, this is great. It, the CBD market's going to benefit. Everybody will benefit for cannabis being legalized as specifically THC and marijuana, totally decriminalized. Yeah, what a great, what a great opportunity. So there are two schools of thought. The first school of thought is that it's going to have a synergistic effect and be very positive for the industry. The second school of thought, the marijuana industry itself will overshadow the CBD market and people will gravitate to the marijuana market versus the hemp CBD market. We, it can go either way and be really good or it's going to have a negative impact. So I understand that your role from an environmental health and safety perspective encompasses a lot of things. And one of those things is business continuity. So I'm going to challenge you a bit. What are two words, just two words that come to mind when you think of what business continu continuity looks like for a hemp company? Two words. That's a tough question. I would say challenging and successful. And that's where how I would describe it with two words. Um, challenging being that uh, we're new, we're, we're still moving into a stand-up phase of, of our industry and our companies. And most of the hemp industry is in that category. So you've had a, a lot of people come from different industries to stand and start up the CBD companies across the United States. Where that creates a challenge is that all these companies are new and now they're faced with a, a pandemic event that has forced them into thinking about how to continue their operations. Where it becomes a challenge is really understanding the entire supply chain and then where to focus those efforts. Um, do you focus it at the farm? Do you focus it in manufacturing? Do you focus it in distribution? Um, and getting the products out to your consumers that are buying. And it's a little 
it's it's a yes across the board, but where's the most pressure being exerted? And that's what all that's what all of us are struggling with right now. In at least in in uh, of of my peers that I talk to within the industry. So we're we're laying the foundations to continue operations and and focusing on those contingencies, especially with the COVID pandemic and how to maintain that. But it it is it is a challenge. Now with that comes success. Um, we've had trial and error. We've had successful outcomes. Um, I can speak for for Charlotte's Web when I say that that uh, we've been able to keep out and stay ahead of the pandemic. We were staying ahead about two weeks ahead of the government and the public health restrictions up until October. And then kind of we had our first uh, incidents with COVID-19. We weren't, we didn't shut down. We continued our operations. We were able to isolate people. We've put in all the safety practices that everybody talked about throughout this entire year. And then we added some additional ones. Uh, one of the things that we did was we isolated the supply chain. We isolated distribution. We isolated manufacturing and we don't commingle or we commingle very little. And if we do, it has to be at a distance greater than six feet so that we, we don't um, potentially spread any germs or any other viruses or COVID-19 um, to our employees. We really have to have strict practices and we, we have learned that throughout the year. Uh, we stayed on top of it and we were able to, to manage it uh, very well where other companies struggled and you saw that um, throughout the year with, with various industries and some made national headlines. Very tough to deal with, but we've done it here and that's been our success. Awesome. Well, spoken well from an environmental health and safety leader um, tasked with many, many more, more things. Um, so can, can you just share, where can our listeners find you if they want to reach out to you directly? Well, the, I'm on LinkedIn. You can look me up, uh, Matt Ziska. On, on LinkedIn, just type me in and it will populate. Awesome. Well, there you have it. Thanks for tuning in to Business Resilience Decoded with the Disaster Recovery Journal and Asfalis Advisors. Subscribe, share, download, and look out for future episodes.